the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. Hi, I'm Sean Duffy. I'm Vice President of Advanced Colorado, and we're excited that we're launching our brand-new 2024 Moving Colorado Forward Agenda. And joining me today to talk about this is Michael Fields, President of Advanced Colorado, and Christy Burton-Brown, Executive Vice President of Advanced Colorado. We're very excited to have you both talk about this agenda. Tell me a little bit about uh, why we're doing this agenda and why it's so important for Colorado. Yeah, so the legislature is about to start uh, this next session, and we think there's important issues that they can deal with. Uh, it's something that matters to people's everyday lives and crime on education, on cost of living. Uh, and, and it's really relevant to engage people, right? Our organization wants to engage people across the state. Contact your legislator. Tell them to run these bills if they're not already. I think sev- several of them will be run. Uh, but this is a way for people to, to engage, talk about issues that matter to people. And so we have this agenda where people can share it with other people. Uh, they can talk about these issues, you know, and really write letters to the editor and, and do all the things that, that get this message out there to the people. And Christy, this agenda, some people might be ready to dismiss it and say, oh, this is just you know, a, a right-wing agenda that, that's never going to get passed. But that's not true. No, I think people should read the agenda. It's full of common-sense, practical solutions. And that's our whole goal at Advanced Colorado, put forward real solutions that help keep communities safe, bring success to education, and keep our taxes low, protect Tabor, do things the majority of Coloradans across the aisle agree on because it benefits all of our lives. So one of the big items, of course, is the property tax crisis we're in the middle of. We were instrumental in defeating Proposition HH. And so now we've got a response to that inside the uh, Moving Colorado Forward agenda. Yeah, so ever since Gallagher was repealed, there's needed this long-term solution. The legislature hasn't done it. They tried to do Proposition HH. It lost by almost 20 points, thankfully. We were able to protect Tabor. Uh, But on the other hand, there still needs to be a long-term solution. And we look at this and say, you need to cut and cap property taxes. It's a very simple thing to say that, you know, the property taxes shouldn't be going up more than our wages are. Uh, that services, we need local services, we need, uh, you know, some of these government services, we want education, fire, water, all these things, but you don't need a 30 or 40% increase. And who that harms are senior citizens, people on fixed incomes, everyday people who are dealing with this high cost of living. And so we have a simple solution and, and we're bringing it to the ballot too and said, let's cap property taxes at a 4% annual annual increase. Um, but also we need to cut some of this, you know, 30, 40% increase that's going to be coming for everybody. Uh, my taxes are going to go up over 30%. So people are looking at that and saying, why can't the legislature just deal with this on their own? They can do it without a ballot measure. They can do it without taking Tabor refunds. And so we would love the legislature to come up with that solution to cut and cap property taxes. And we already know this is this is popular. I mean, it got more signatures faster than any other ballot measure in history. Yeah, so our 4% measure, 57 days, we even you know could have done it even faster than that. But people were stopping in the grocery store to go back out to sign this. It's something that it makes common sense. And they look at their bill and they say, why am I having a 30 or 40% increase when my pay isn't going up that much? So yes, very popular notion, but the legislature should be able to, to deal with this, right? They're the ones 
that have the most tools available to them, the most levers that they can use, they, the problem is that they're not stepping up and doing it. Christy, the, it's pretty clear our schools aren't making the grade. Um, and the, this agenda has got a number of real common sense issues to help elevate school performance and empower parents. Tell us a little bit about some of the items on this agenda. I think education is a key issue across Colorado. Colorado is full of young families, people who want their kids to succeed in school. And right now, only roughly 40% of kids in Colorado can read or do math at grade level. I think that's very disturbing to a lot of people who want to see success in our schools. No matter where you send your kid to school, um, your kid should be able to succeed where they are. And so one of our proposals in this policy agenda is cementing the right to school choice that we already have in Colorado. It's already written into our laws, uh, already hugely popular among everyone in Colorado, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Put that in Colorado's constitution and make that a right that's preserved for future generations. Uh, there's a lot of innovative ideas on education that other legislators have come up with. I think they're going to run them this year. Ideas like making sure Colorado is a purple star state that's set up for military families when they come here and need their kids to be able to get right into school and perform and have their credits transferred, all those kind of things. Um, we also uh, have some innovative ideas on trade schools. Not, college isn't the answer for everyone, and student debt is so high. Making trade schools a real path, a real possibility, that's important. So I think there's a lot of education ideas that can help our kids succeed. One of the common sense ideas in here is uh, parents have been having struggles. Uh, parents of special needs kids have been having struggles maybe getting the exact services that are best for their kids. What would we do about that? Well, I think it's a very popular idea. And, you know, whether things are popular or not, sometimes they're just the right thing to do. It's a benefit when it's also popular. It's a very popular idea to give education savings accounts, ESAs, for parents with special needs kids. Sometimes the normal system doesn't serve these people, and they have the right to be educated just like every other child. So setting up ESAs, Colorado being a state that is friendly, a public education system that is friendly for families with kids with special needs, I think is an essential move for Colorado to really move us forward. So that's on our policy agenda as well. Crime. Crime is top of mind all over the state, no matter where you are. Um, there's lots of ideas to help keep the bad guys in jail and keep communities safer. What would we? What are some of the easy ideas that make sense uh, to help keep our communities safer? Yeah, so I think the biggest one is truth in sentencing. Right, these violent criminals uh, are only serving 43 percent of their sentence. These are people who uh, you know have second degree murder, rape, kidnapping. I mean, really bad crimes. And people that get out and do it again. And right now, you know, only 43% of the sentence that they're serving, it should be 85%. And so this is something that legislators, again, should be take, stepping forward and say, how do we protect Coloradans? How do we make sure that this stuff doesn't happen? Because stories coming out weekly of people that got out early end up reoffending, harming somebody within our, our state. And so I think that is a big one. We also have a drug crisis here in Colorado. Uh, you know, the, the legislature has made some negative steps in, in, in terms of that over the years, letting people out, not, not, you know, making sure that things are a felony. And so we want to come, you know, down harder on criminals who are selling, who are carrying large amounts, obviously, to, to sell drugs. Uh, we have a fentanyl crisis here in Colorado, but not only fentanyl, it also is other drugs. And so you look at auto thefts, you look at drugs, you look at violent criminals, all these things need to be addressed. And the legislature has been moving in the wrong direction. So this is another one where this is the chance, looking at the statistics, looking at how bad things are getting in the state, are they going to step up and actually do something? If not, again, we can go to the ballot and do something about it. But I think this is a conversation that needs to be had because the legislators are the ones that are failing us. I think a lot of people would be surprised at personal recognizance bonds, that you have a violent offender who can, that the judge just says, hey, I'm going to trust you to do the right thing, come back when you have court date. 
what would we do about those? Yeah, so I think you really got to get rid of that for for these offenses, right? These ones that people are going to be dangerous. We know that you know you're innocent until proven guilty, but on the other hand, you can still be uh, a threat to society during that time. And so I think this is something that should not be happening. I mean, it's happening across the board where people are. Uh, you know, stealing a car, they get out the next day, they steal another car. I mean, this is, it's ridiculous what is going on. And these judges are letting these out, especially uh, in the Denver, you know, metro area. And so I think it's a, it's a big issue that needs to be addressed in terms of that larger conversation about how do we keep Colorado safe? Uh, everything, every state is moving in the wrong direction and is moving in the wrong direction faster than other states are. And so this is where, you know, the governor needs to step up. He said he wants us to be one of the top 10 safest states in the country. We're not even close, first of all. But second of all, none of the policies that are in place are going to lead us to that. We need new ones that are stricter on criminals uh, and, and and really are able to protect Colorado. And I think one thing on the PR bonds, too, is like it's not even just a theoretical issue. Like, oh, in theory, letting violent criminals out isn't safe. We actually have seen in Colorado multiple recent instances, one where an Uber driver um, was assaulted by a repeat violent offender who's out on a PR bonds and another where a law enforcement officer um, people are being assaulted. They're being killed by these violent offenders. And yet Colorado is still not changing its law. So that's why it's essential that they do so to keep our community safe. And another public safety issue that is um, top of mind for many is the fact that we've got a severe untreated mental health crisis in the state. And uh, there's backlog, for example, at the state mental health hospital in Pueblo. What would the Colorado, what would the advanced Colorado agenda do about mental health, the mental health crisis? Well, I think in addition to fixing that backlog, which really is unacceptable, if we want to serve all citizens in our states, uh, just like that includes students with special needs, it includes people who have mental health issues. Um, but one of the biggest solutions that's actually been found in Colorado that we think the state should give more block grants to counties and localities that do this, it's a community response team that is paired with law enforcement when there's a mental health crisis involved in a crime or an event that's being reported. You don't just send law enforcement, who sometimes isn't trained to deal with mental health issues. You send mental health professionals along with law enforcement and get that person the help and treatment they need to truly resolve the situation. And multiple counties, Douglas County being one of them, have kind of spearheaded this. Um, I think it's being used in Colorado Springs or El Paso County and other other counties are adopting it. But the state needs to be a force for this and give more money to counties and localities that really want to implement these community response teams. And I would just say this is such an important issue. It has nothing to do with partisanship. It impacts everybody across the state everywhere. But we have some really bad statistics in Colorado. We're uh, last when it comes to, you know, worse when it comes to, t to kid suicide rates. We're our worst number 51 uh, when it comes to adult mental health. And so this is not only that we have a lot of mental health issues here, but we have bad services that, you know, people don't have access to care. We have 20 counties in Colorado that don't have licensed psychiatrists. And so, you know, in terms of, of people being able to access care, that is not happening in Colorado right now. And we're spending over a billion dollars on mental health every year. The key is how do we spend that better, smarter? Uh, and this is why, you know, there's now a cabinet position that is a behavioral health uh, person. We have to hold that person accountable, that, that uh, committee accountable, everything that's going on in terms of this issue. And it should be bipartisan accountability because we're failing. The stats are showing we're failing and we need to move up uh, that ladder pretty quickly because people are dying. They're dealing with, you know, this is such a tough issue for families across the state. Uh, it's something that we need to address now. Parents' rights. Um, during COVID, a lot of parents suddenly found out exactly what their kids weren't, were and weren't learning. Um, what about transparency in school curriculum? I mean, transparency and accountability whenever you're talking about a government, be it a school district, 
the state, the legislature. It's something that people widely agree on. Our government should be accountable and transparent. So you take that down to the most local level that is dealing with curriculum in schools. And a lot of parents want that door to remain open to them. Sure, they had a window into curriculum and the classrooms and surveys during COVID, but why should that be taken away now? A lot of school districts are operating under the assumption that, well, now that kids are in the building, parents no longer get to see what's going on. And so we're supporting curriculum transparency, which is really a common sense solution to say, if parents want access to curriculum, to surveys, to a speaker that's going to be there at an assembly, parents have every right to know what's going on and because they're ultimately responsible for their kids' education. And we should respect that as a state and as local school districts. You know, Michael, a lot of people don't know that if their house is foreclosed on, that uh, they might owe property taxes, for example, but the government can come and take their entire equity called home equity theft. What, what do we think about home equity theft? Yeah, I think it's it's a horrible thing that once you learn about what's going on, uh, that it should have bipartisan support to get rid of it. And I think it will this uh, next session. But you think about property taxes are getting higher and higher. More and more people are going to be dealing with property tax issues where they might have to lose their house. The key is if they paid in for a long period of time and have that equity. And a lot of people do have equity in Colorado because, uh, you know, prices have gone up so much, but they've been in their house for a while. They shouldn't lose that money, right? You pay off the taxes, you pay off the liens, and then that person should get that money back. It might not impact a lot of people, but it's a big deal to the people uh, who would be losing that money otherwise. So this isn't that larger property tax debate. And we, should, we shouldn't have people paying so much in property taxes that they're losing their houses. Uh, we need to stop that. But if it does happen, it does happen to people that they should at least get that equity back. Yeah, and the Colorado, uh, sorry, U.S. Supreme Court already said this is unconstitutional what Colorado does. We're one of only, I believe, eight states that still does this and still takes away that equity people built. So again, common sense solution, follow the U.S. Supreme Court precedent that says that's an unconstitutional taking of what property owners deserve to keep for themselves. Um, school safety, always a concern uh, in Colorado, probably more than almost any other state. Um, what can we do about school safety? What would be on our agenda to, to deal with school safety? We think that the state should fund SROs in schools, so school resource officers that help keep students safe. And, and the good thing is there's a lot of creativity that's been done in this area that Colorado can uh, latch on to. For example, a lot of people are worried that if SROs are in schools, do kids feel like they're just being watched and punished and like a guard at the door? Well, for one thing, if, you know, I want my kids to be safe. I think everyone who has their kids or their nieces or nephews or grandkids in school want them to be safe, even if it is a guard at the door. But we can go a step further. There's a national um, SRO program and nationally recognized training that actually teaches the SROs to also teach classes, to get into the health class and teach CPR, to build relationships with the kids. So the kids actually see the SRO as someone who is there to keep them safe, not just someone who's there to punish them. And I think that relationship-based safety and security is essential um, to really make kids safe and build trust and safety, two things that are largely missing in the system so the state, again, should be funding these kind of things if it really wants to talk about how we're going to stop school shootings, how we're going to keep our kids safe, put our money where our mouth is, and and back the funding school districts need to keep our kids safe with SROs. One of the aspects of this agenda I think that needs to be talked about is the fact that almost everything in this agenda is based on things that we know work. It's not just a pie-in-the-sky idea. that These are based on practical ideas that we know work. And dealing with practical problems that people are dealing with right now, right? You talk about the SRO issue. Uh, a teacher at Denver Public Schools got shot because there wasn't, they got rid of SROs. And so, you know, this is like people are having, we can read this in stories about what's happening with drugs in our state, what's happening with school choice in our state. I mean, every one of these issues impacts the average person who's living their life 
day in and day out and just want uh, to be safe, to have a good education, uh, to have make sure cost of living doesn't go up. I mean, these are problems that in a lot of ways the legislature has created uh, in property taxes, for example. Right. And so this is how do we go and fix problems that matter to people? This isn't theoretical. This is stuff that people will engage in. They care about. They talk about uh, when you're standing at the bus stop with, you know, with the parents and the kids are going to school. Like these are issues that matter to people. And that's why we wanted to address those and say this. Is, these are real stories. Uh, these are real solutions to those legislature. Go and pass them. If they don't, we'll pass as many as we can at the ballot and then go back two years later and do it again. Right. And so this is something where there's a, where, when you're not aligned between what your elected officials and legislators are doing and what the people want and need, then there's a problem. Right. And this uh, luckily we have ballot measures here, but most of this stuff, if not all of it, should be passed by the legislature. And if we engage with them, we'll get several of these things passed this year, and then we'll go back to work next year. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancedcolorado.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.